Exodus chapter 23 today, verse 20. The word says, see, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared for you. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. If you listen carefully to what he says and do what I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. My angel, go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, and the Hivites. All of the ites the Lord is going before. And the Jebusites, he said, I will wipe them out. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Worship the Lord your God, and his blessing will be upon your food and your water. I will take away sickness from among you, and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. I'll send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites out of your way, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. But little by little, I will drive them out before you until... You have increased little by little until you have increased, until your capacity has increased, until your abilities have increased little by little, enough to take possession of the land. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for your presence and for your power. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy. Lord, I just want to say thank you, oh God, for everything that you are doing in this place and for everything that you have planned that we've not even seen yet. Lord, right now, I just pray that our eyes would be focused on you, that our ears would be focused on you, and that our attention would be locked into your voice this morning. May this word come forth and be like, uh, water on, on, a, on, a, on a thirsty soul. May this word come forth and be like fire in our bones this morning. It's in your name that we pray. And the church said amen. 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 I'm certain that if I were to take a poll this morning, I'm positive to see in the room, if you remember the childhood game, I'm very certain that almost every person in the room would probably raise their hand if I were to ask who has ever played the game. Simon says, if it's been a while for you, let me remind you how the childhood game works. Simon is the one that would give uh, the other players direction and instruction. Simon would speak out to the others and tell them one by one, give them specific directions on what they are to do. Simon says, would speak to a player and say, take three steps forward. And the player who is receiving the instruction would then 
respond, what? Simon, may I? And Simon replies, yes, you may. And then the player would proceed to take those three steps. And then Simon looks at the, the player that is next. And Simon would look at him and he would tell them, hop forward four times. And after they receive it and say, may I? He would say, yes, you may. And that player would move, hop forward four times. And all of this is to see the first person that can cross the line. And when playing the game, it was always great when Simon would instruct you to take those four giant steps forward. We always liked it when he told us to leap forward three times, but there seemed to always be a catch. There was always those moments when you felt like Simon did not like you. Those moments when you felt like Simon had something against you. For every time that it appeared that you were about to cross the line. There were those others the other people started taking the giant steps uh, but old Simon was instructing you when it came your turn to take the baby steps Brad got four giant steps Jennifer got to leap forward five times but when it came time to little old me all I got was ten little baby steps and with frustration and with a little bit of attitude I would say Simon May I? And yes, Simon would say, I want you to take 10 little baby steps. And with frustration and with that attitude, you take those 10 little baby steps. But as the end of the game grew closer, no matter who was playing, it always seemed at the end, it was neck and neck. And no matter what, to my amazement, I realized that as Brad took four giant steps and Beth leaped forward, five times, I came to the realization that although I had just had 10 little steps, it hit me that I was exactly where they were at the end of the game. He had giant steps and she had giant leaps, uh, but all I had was baby steps. But at the end, I ended up exactly where they were, little by little. See, we are in a day in our time in our society that says, you either what? Go big or you go home. And we are in a society that is always trying to outdo our neighbor. We are always trying to post something bigger than our neighbor posted on Facebook. We are always trying to outdo our friends or, or other churches or organizations in the town. But the church must renew her mind in this hour. And she must realize and understand that victory will not always come as something big and that every miracle may not be a suddenly kind of miracle but victories can be small and little by little because when you take a moment this morning and you look over your life and you think about all the things that God has done for you you may realize that it's been a while since you took a giant step it's been a while since you really leaped forward but guess what you've still made progress little by little because it's easy to shout over the big things. But is there anybody in the room this morning that is thankful that victory still comes little by little? And sometimes you just got to thank God for the little things in life. 
In today's text, we see that God can lead you into victory however he chooses and at whatever pace or speed he chooses for you. We see that there's not just one way that he does things in life. And we notice that there's different speeds that he has to bring us into the land of the living. And sometimes he gives you victory just by walking around the walls seven times. That, my friend, is a giant step. And then sometimes we watch as he would give the victory just by walking through the water. That, my friend, is like a leap. It's a leap of faith. But often God will give you a strategy that is different. He will set you on a pace that is a little bit different. And sometimes he don't want you to leap over walls. He don't want you to walk through the water. But instead, he has designed it for you to take it little by little. I may not have everything that I need right now, but I know I'm getting there little by little. I may not have the dream job right now, but I know I'm getting there little by little. I may not be in the relationship that I want to be in, but I know I am getting there little by little. I may not be leaping, I may not be jumping, but praise God, I know where I used to be and I'm not where I used to be. So tell your neighbor, I'm going to get there. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to get there. I may not get there when you get there. It may not look like the way you got there, but I'm going to get there because our God is no respecter of persons and I'm going to get there, but I may not get there the way you got there. In a society that wants everything dramatic and big and instant, we've, we've seen our share of one-hit wonders. Millie Vanilli. Still blaming it on the rain. We've witnessed as one-time artists, one-sermon preachers, but those leaders that have credibility, those, those spiritual giants that we look up to and admire and want to be like they have credibility, see, because they've been there for a while. They've got scars to prove that they've been through the fire. They've got some scars to show them I'm still standing. And in America, for some reason, we are fascinated with people that just rise up real fast. We are fascinated with, with speed. We are fascinated with leaders who get on Facebook and they really don't even go to church, but now they're a prophet and we start sharing and we don't even know what they believe. And we love these things in America but we have to be careful as a church because they may actually have more charisma than they do character. Because a lot of times in today's time, we elevate people because of their charisma. And then we watch them fall because we realize they never had the character to keep them on the pedestal that we put them on. And in this society, it's so easy to overlook small victories. It's so easy to overlook small breakthroughs. It's so easy to overlook the little things. But we've got to understand that our inability to shout for the little things may just be holding us back from the big things that our inability 
ability to praise God for the little just may be hindering us from a major breakthrough because sometimes, how many of you know, sometimes you don't have something big to post about. Sometimes you don't have something big to praise God about, but that's when you've got to get up in the morning and look at your tired face in the mirror and just say, Lord, I thank you that I've still got breath in my lungs. I thank you I've got a roof up above me. I've got clothes on my on my, my back. I've got shoes on my feet. Sometimes you just got to say, Lord, I thank you that I'm alive today and I'm well today. Anybody ever been there? Lord, I just thank you. I don't have a good post today, but I thank you. I'm not one of those crazy people sitting on the beach. But I'm in my prayer closet, Lord, and I thank you that I've still got strength to open the door and get on my knees and cry out to you today. Little by little. Sometimes if it's not big and if it's not quick, if it's not right now, if it's not post-worthy, we feel that God is no longer moving. And now here we are in the Facebook society. We have allowed Facebook to dictate what a move is and what it is not. And now here we are looking at the text today in Exodus and we've watched these children of Israel cross the Red Sea and God is about to give them the land and we see that the victory of them conquering and gaining authority over the land of Canaan is now scheduled to be a gradual victory. It is not going to be a sudden thing. They were not going to walk around it seven times this time and it would fall. No, this was going to be a gradual victory because Israel needed time to develop and maximize their capacity so that whenever they got the land, they would know how to manage what God was providing for them in the season of the waiting little by little and God displayed to them his power as he freed them from slavery in Egypt and now we watch as God is giving them instructions in the word on how to live in this new community how to live now that you are getting ready God is giving them instruction on how to live in this new place he is setting up and if you go I want to encourage you to read the entire chapter I couldn't read it today because of time, but the entire chapter of Exodus chapter 23 this week, put it on your reading list. And whenever you read it, you will see that there are a few areas that he focuses on when he is giving them the instructions for this next season. He gives them direction on how, number one, they are to walk. Then he focuses on how they are to worship. And then thirdly, he focused on warfare. He focused on how you need to walk, on how you need to worship and he focused on the warfare in verses 1 through 12 he focuses on how they are to walk how they are to live a holy righteous life he says to them don't be part of the lies don't be a liar he instructs them on how they should not do life with certain groups of people he reminds them that they are to help others who are in a time of need and he what he is doing as we watch 
He is telling the people of Israel, he says, because you are my people, because I am putting you as the head and not the tail, because I am placing you above and not beneath, you should not be walking like the rest of the world. In Psalms 1-1, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law he is meditating on day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I don't know about you, but I want to be like a tree planted. I will not be moved. That brings forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. God is telling the people. He said, because you are mine. You've got to walk a certain way. Because why? Because the steps of the righteous, the steps of a good man are ordered steps. Come on, can you just say it? Oh Lord, order my steps. Come on, say it. Lord, order my steps. Come on this morning, because if we are going to walk differently, we not only need God to order our steps, but how many of you know we also need God to order our stops? God orders my steps, and God orders my stop. Lord, if I don't need to go there, stop me. Lord, if I don't need to take that job, stop me. Lord, if I don't need to get in that relationship, stop me. Lord, if I don't need to hang out with those people, stop me. Lord, if I don't need to sit here and listen to this gossip, just stop me. Because God is a God that not only orders our steps, but he orders our stops this morning. Aren't you thankful for the times that when God stopped you in your tracks? Aren't you thankful that whenever you were headed down the wrong road, grace stopped you? Aren't you thankful that whenever you were headed to the club that night, you ran out of gas? Aren't you thankful that you were headed to hell but his grace stopped you and led you to the cross hallelujah little by little he focused on their walk next he focused on their worship he said if you're going to get there you got to understand some things he wanted them to be doers of his word he wanted them to be sure that they only worship the one true God. He wanted them to be sure they did not worship false gods, that they didn't start worshiping gods of status or gods of money or, or, or he, he didn't want them to worship a political god, somebody, but he wanted them just to worship him. He didn't want his people to get so distracted by all of these little gods in the land, but he wanted his people to serve, the word says, with gladness. See, whenever you worship God, you should not have a sour face. Whenever you worship God, you should have a glad face. Look at your neighbor and say, smile. Why? Because the word says you've got to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Have you ever seen a child trying to muster up thank you that really wasn't thankful? 
sometimes when you come into church you and, and you're trying to get into his gates with thanksgiving, but you're really not that thankful. When God looks at you, he sees that sulking child. It says you're to come into his gates with thanksgiving, and you are to go into his courts with a little bit of praise. Are there any worshipers in the house this morning that can testify that God is just good? And I don't worship him because of how big my house is. I don't worship him because I got on Gucci. I don't worship him because I drive a Mercedes. When I get up in the morning, I just praise him because of who he is. I praise him because his son died for me. Little by little. Mm. And we watch as God tells the people as you're walking and as you're worshiping he said I'm going to send an angel ahead of you you may be starting a job this season but because of your worship God is sending an angel ahead of you you may be having a surgery in this season, but because of your worship, God is sending an angel into that OR with you. You may have received a big no this week, but because of your worship today, there are angels going before you to flip the script, to turn the no to yes. He said, as you worship, it's like angels are descending. As you worship this morning, angels were descending ahead of you. Did you realize that? As you were worshiping this morning, angels were going to your Wednesday that's waiting on you. As you were worshiping this morning, angels were going ahead to your Thursday because they knew it was going to be crazy. You have the power, that is, that is the power of worship because as you worship, angels begin to move. Through your worship, you have the ability to activate angels. You have the ability to send angels ahead of you. I believe some of you, as you were worshiping today, you were sending angels out to a high school. You were sending angels out to a middle school. You were sending, why? Because the only reason some of us are still alive is because angels are going before us little by little he said while you're walking and while you're worshiping I not only sent the angel but the word said I sent an angel before you to prepare <laughs> you gotta get this because he said I'm sending an angel ahead of you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. <laughs> he said, while you're walking and while you're worshiping, I'm already working it out for you. While your hands are up, I'm already releasing something down from heaven that's going ahead of you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. He said, while you are singing my praises, you know, while you're walking and worshiping, I'm already sending my favor before you to get ready for you what you cannot get ready for yourself. He said, 
while you worship, the word said, he said, I'm going to bless you. If you'll just keep walking like I told you to, and you'll just keep worshiping, he said, I'm going to bless you. He said, I'll bless your bread and your water. In other words, as long as you keep walking, as long as you keep worshiping, there will be food on your table. In the middle of inflation, don't worry, I've got you. In the middle of gas being 360, don't worry, I've got you. In the middle of chaos in America don't worry you just keep walking and you just keep worshiping don't worry because I've got you because why I once was young and now I'm old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread why because the righteous know how to walk and they know how to worship and if you can ever get walking and worshiping in your life you ain't got to worry about a thing. He said, in the middle of it all, I'll make sure you've got water. Guess what? You may get low, but you'll never get empty. If you just walk and you worship, you may get low sometimes. But if you'll stay in the walk and you'll stay in the worship, you may get low, but I'll never let you get so low you get empty. He said, when you learn how to walk and how to worship, he said, he said I'm going to do some things for you. He said, I'll take sickness away from you. That is the power of worship because in the middle of worship, how many of you know that there's a bomb in Gilead that will heal the sick? There's a bomb that that comes and soothes the soul. There's a bomb in Gilead that comes. Why? Because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And by his stripes, if you keep walking and worshiping, we are healed. He said, when you learn how to walk, you learn how to worship. No one shall suffer or be barren. In other words, what does that mean for the church? For the church today, it means if you'll just keep walking and worshiping, I will not let the devil kill what I've placed inside of you. In other words, the dream on the inside of you will not die if you'll keep walking and worshiping. And I just want to take a second this morning and I just want to come against every evil thing that may be in your life or may even be trying to creep through the front door into this room this morning and is trying to abort vision, is trying to abort the dream, is trying to abort the unity that's in this place this morning. But I want to declare over this house, we will not be a barren people. I said we will not be barren, but I believe there are songs that are about to be birthed in this house. There are new business deals that are about to be birthed in this house. There's new appointments that are coming to you because of some things that are happening in this house. And this house will never be barren. That's what happens when you walk and you worship. He gives out direction on how 
to walk, how to worship. And we watch as he gives focus on warfare. Get this in verse 22. He said, if you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies. And I will oppose those who oppose you. The very first lesson in the focus on warfare that I need to remind some of you of because I know you learned it a long time ago. But sometimes we forget the little lessons from David and Goliath. But the first lesson in all of this is that the battle is not yours. I said, the battle is not yours. He said, you just walk and you just worship and I'll handle the warfare. You just keep walking. You keep worshiping and I'll handle your enemies. He said, you don't need to respond to that text. You don't need to respond to that crazy Facebook post. Don't get on their level. You don't have to respond to anything. No. He said, I just need you to walk and worship. And I'll be an enemy to your enemies. Just walk and worship. And I'll oppose those that oppose you. And guess what? I'll even prepare a table before you. In the presence of your enemies, just walk and worship. I'll even pour some oil on your head. Just walk and worship. Guess what? Your cup is about to run over. Why? Because I'm fighting for you. You just walk and you just worship. The battle is not yours. Nowhere in this text does he tell them to pick up a sword. Just walk and worship. You just walk and you just worship. And the more you walk and the more you worship this thing through, I'll handle every enemy. Because you wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against spiritual wickedness. God is taking care of those that oppose you. They may delay you. They may discourage you, but they will not defeat you. You need to get that. I said they may delay you. They may discourage you, but they're not going to defeat you. I said they may delay you. They may discourage you, but they're not going to defeat you. I said they may delay you. They may discourage you, but they're not. I said they may delay you. They may discourage you, but they will not. They may delay you. They may discourage you, but your enemy will not defeat you. Just keep walking and worshiping. 
Why? Because if God is for me, who can be against me? I said, if God is for me, who can be against me? A thousand may fall at my side. A thousand at my right. A thousand may, but it will not come near me. Why? Because if God is for me, who can be against me? Just keep walking and keep worshiping. Band, help me out. He said, the battle's not yours. Talking about warfare. He said, I'm going to fight for you. He said, I'm going to get rid of them. But I'm not going to do it like I did for Joshua. This time, no, no, no. I'm not going to do it like you saw somebody post on Facebook. They woke up and there was a million dollars laying next to them on the pillow. I hate them. Help me, Lord. I'm not bitter. Just blessed. He said, I'm not going to do it like I did it for your neighbor, but I'm going to do it for you little by little. But why, God? Why would you do it for them big by big? But for me, little by little. Why would you do it for them leap by leap? But for me, baby step by baby step. Because number one, it's for your protection. You need to get this. God isn't punishing you. He's protecting you. Yeah. Because nothing is worse than succeeding before your time. Nothing is worse than getting a job that you're not ready for. Nothing is worse than getting the dream house before you can pay for it. Little by little. God is saying it's not punishment. It's for your protection. And if I were to take everything out, if I were to take everything out right now, if I were to remove everybody else, he said there'd be nobody left to develop you. If I were to take all your haters out right now, There'd be nobody on earth to develop you. So I've got to leave some haters because they may think that, that, that they're breaking you, but they're actually building you up. He said, I've got to leave some gossipers around. I've got to leave somebody to agitate you because they think that, that they're actually making you weak, but they don't understand that through your weakness, my strength is made perfect for you. He said, I've got to leave some complainers in the church. I've got to leave some thorns in your flesh. Why? So you will keep coming back to me because if I took all of your enemies out, you wouldn't even pray anymore. If I took all of your haters out, you wouldn't even fast anymore. If I took everything out, guess what? Half of you wouldn't even come to church anymore or come to 
an altar. He said, so I've got to leave some people in your path so you keep coming back to the cross, so you keep coming back to me. Is there anybody thankful that it's not for punishment, but it's for my protection, little by little? Come on, stand upon.